eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 75. 75. I'm Ryan Wilson, and that's Rick Spielman. And today, Rick, before we get going to what you like to call my long-winded monologue, I have a little trivia for you to commemorate our 75th show. <laughs> and we know you're great at trivia, so I have uh, no doubt that you will crush this. All right, so look, I have a list of six players uh, from the NFL, all who are in the Hall of Fame, all who wore number 75. Oh, that's going to be a tough one. So I, I knew that was going to be your response. So here's what I'll do. I'll give you their colleges. And even the year they were drafted, that's sort of cheating. But if I give you their colleges, let's see how you do. All right. Okay. All right. This is easy. Howie Long. One. Howie Long is on the board. All right. You got one. That's one. There's five to go. All right. You want to guess anymore? Or you want me to start giving colleges? Start giving colleges. All right. North Texas. Oh, my God. Meet Joe Green. Mean Joe Green. Look at this, Devo. This guy's on fire. South Carolina State. Oh, 75, South Carolina State. It couldn't be uh, – it's not Robert Porsche because I screwed that up in my <laughs> – That's your fault. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's why he's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he was drafted in 1961. Oh, I'm going to miss that one. I'm sorry. You'll know who it is. Deacon Jones. Oh, Deacon Jones. Very you got how You got Howie Long. Where'd Howie Long go to college? Howie Long, Villanova. Yeah, what a good call. I didn't know that. All right. Uh, all right, this is too easy. Um, UCLA – if I give you a year, so it's a layup. What's a layup? Yeah. 1996. 32, 1933? <laughs> no, these, these are, you know, all these guys. 1996. Oh, so that's an offensive lineman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who was that? 1996. Oh, uh, it's not Jonathan Ogden. It's 100% Jonathan Ogden. You got it. <laughs> this one, all right, I'll, I'll give you a hint. This guy also was an NFL coach. He was listed as a tackle guard and defensive tackle for his NFL career. He was drafted in 1956, went to SMU, also an NFL coach. Not Alex Karras. No, He's, good call, though. Yeah. From Webster. No, yeah, or no. He would have been from, uh, what was that movie, Mel Burke's movie, where he punched the horse? Oh, he was in Blazing Saddles, too? Yes, yes he, he was. He was in Webster as well. He was Webster's dad, stepdad. Yeah. I like how Rick does the classic. It's definitely not this guy. It's the it's the <laughs> trivia just to kind of protect yourself. And if you get it right, it's like, wow, what an amazing guess. <laughs> yeah, that's how he got. That's how he got uh, me, Joe Green. All right. You want me to tell you? Yeah, I don't know that one. He coached the Bengals in the 80s. 
Sam White. Forrest Gregg. Forrest Gregg. Okay, that would I I know who he is. I just didn't get that one. Yeah, and uh, I know Forrest Gregg because he coached uh, our guy John Breach's dad, Jim Breach, when he kicked field goals for the Bengals there. And then finally, I'll tell you this one because you're not going to get it. Defensive lineman Gino Marchetta. He went to Modesto Junior College and then San Francisco in 1952. Second round pick of the Dallas Texans. So pretty good. Three, three, three. You you exceeded expectations. That was pretty. I good. did. It's like one of those guys that come up to training camp and yeah, expect anything, and all of a sudden, hey, this guy is starting to get a little better. Not good enough to make a fifty-three, but maybe we'll consider him for the practice squad. Was that actually your experience? Uh, you were at the Chargers, right? Yeah. No. After I tried to guard Kellen Winslow one on one, and I got <laughs> spun around like a top, I probably thought that this was not going to be a feature. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and on Thursday, we'll talk about Cut Down Day. We'll get into more detail about that, so Rick will have some more stories for us about that. But today, Rick, we're talking rookie quarterback performances from the final week of the preseason, and we'll focus on those QBs set to start in week one. And let's see what else here. We might do my top 50 if you have time. We're up against it here. But if we don't get to my top 50, we will definitely get to a new little thing we're going to call Pop or Drop. Rick wow. and I look back at the college weekend that was and highlight those players who either improved their or hurt their draft stock. And this week it's only improved because there wasn't very much football and the guys we watched uh, were dominant. Yeah. And I looked at your top 50. We got some work to do, but we'll, we'll get it done. Yeah. Maybe we'll push that back to it to uh, delay the inevitable tongue lashing. Yeah. Debo and me are going to have to roll up our sleeves and, uh, and, and you, you can join, but you started the list. So we're, we're I kind of like am the fixer. I come in and try to fix everything that you put out there, but that's, that's how the uh, draft board works. Yeah, that's the nice way of saying you refuse to do mock drafts or big boards, and you just yell and scream at other people's. <laughs> Fair enough. GM does. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fair enough. And you are the GM of this podcast, without a, without a doubt. All right. By the way, now the college football season is officially back. You know what that means, Rick? Do you? Uh, no. <laughs> we are 241 days away from the 2024 no. NFL draft. Why don't we have a clock? Debo's on the clock. He ordered on Amazon. It's been delayed in shipping, but when it gets here, we'll flash it. All right. So make note of that. And uh, if you missed it last week, Rick and I talked about some of our favorite players heading into the college season. Not necessarily the best but guys who could drastically improve their draft stock with strong gears. So check that out in the old podcast feed. And on Thursday, as I mentioned, we'll have some reactions to NFL cut down day with a focus on rookies and young players. And next week is our rookie of the year show. So make a note of that as well. Finally, as always, if you like what we do here, give us a thumbs up uh, on the YouTubes at NFL on CBS. And subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us spread the word. All right, Rick, let's make magic happen. We're going to start these uh, quarterbacks, their preseason uh, final performances week three. These guys that are set to be starters. They've all been named starters. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. So, Bryce Young, I thought, got better each and every week. Uh, we talked last week about his week two performance. I was a little happier with the way he played than, than you were. But I thought uh, it feels like this is going to be a situation, and you know this player really well. He's going to be leading a lot on Adam Thielen throughout yes. the course of the year. And he certainly did that in the final preseason game. And I thought he looked more comfortable. And that's sort of what you want. Also, it's worth noting, and we should say this out loud and, and hope it continues to, to go in this direction. The offensive line played better, and they're going to have to play better. Uh, the other player that I think is going to be maybe a surprising part to this offense early on is Jonathan Mingo, their second-round pick. But I think it starts with Thielen, 
in terms of security blanket, Hayden Hurst probably as well, the, the, the tight end, and, and then getting the, the young wide receiver involved as well. What did you think of what we saw from Bryce Young in that final preseason game? Yeah, it was good to see him uh, actually function in the offense. They were able to move the ball, uh, but you know, hold your enthusiasm a little bit. Jeez, uh, because they were playing against the uh, JVs from uh, Detroit, so they didn't have Aiden Hutchinson in there. They didn't have a lot of their starters in there. I think Jack Campbell maybe played a series. Uh, most of their secondary was dressed on the sideline. In fact, I think I saw. Uh, Gardner Johnson, John, and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen kind of got. Oh, is that who they were yelling at each other? Yeah, I, I just because when I was up there during uh, the combined practices with uh, the Giant, I mean, Gardner Johnson does not shut up. <laughs> he just loves. He it. got in a pretty big fight. Who was his first team? Who did he play with his first year? His first few years in the NFL. New Orleans. Yeah, there was I don't remember who the player was, maybe in the Bears wide receiver, but there were some some it was it was like something you'd see outside a bar at 2 a.m. Yeah, no, he loves the jaw. And so I think him and Thielen started jawing at each other in a preseason game, which was kind of entertaining and fun to watch. Uh so let me yeah. ask you this. Is Thielen doesn't strike me much much as a, a smack talker. Have you ever heard him get going? Uh he will he has a short fuse at certain oh. points. Yes, he does. Like it. That's that's what you want. Not off the field, but in competitive situations, yeah. in a competitive environment, there's not a guy more, uh, how would I say it, easy to set the fuse off with him because he's so competitive. That's what you want. Yeah, Debo makes uh, tells me it's uh, Javon Mims punched Chauncey with his helmet a few years ago. And I think Mims was the Bears. It was a crazy scene. Yeah. And um, even by you know football standards. But uh, I feel like your disclaimer about why we shouldn't be too excited about the the week three preseason game is on the back of the sheet of paper when you read your respect and love all the things I do because you have to support the, the Lions no matter what. Hold up there. The Lions only had the fifth and sixth teamers in there. So don't go putting Bryce in the Hall of Fame. And by the way, I will say this, though, about Bryce. He got the ball out quicker. He yeah. seemed more comfortable. Uh, he still has to make those throws. He made some very accurate throws. Uh, the one to Thielen for the touchdown was a great throw. Missed some throws earlier in those first two series down the field. Uh, but he has movement in the pocket. Uh, he was able to get through his progressions. Uh, he anticipated some throws, got the ball out of his hands. So he is getting more and more comfortable from week one to where he's at right now. But now that the, as I say, the uh, dogs are going to be coming out here in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll see. But uh, no, I thought he did definitely improve through the preseason, and he'll have his bumps early. Uh, but I think that he will, uh, he'll eventually get his footing and and have a very productive rookie year. Yeah, and the only concern is it's not that he won't take a hit, and it's not that he won't keep his eyes downfield when he's in the pocket. It's that he, how does he respond? Does he get up from those hits? Because he's he's you know yeah, he's smaller he's than everyone else. He got up every time he got hit in the preseason. So fingers crossed for that. All right, let's go to old CJ Stroud here, another player who got better each and every week. Um, uh, on over the weekend, I think that their game was Sunday night, their final preseason game. He was two for four, which is the exact same stat line he had in his week one preseason debacle against the the Patriots, where he threw that really bad interception, only on the field for a couple series. Um, but again. Everyone continues to get better. So they were playing the Saints. Um, his very first throw was a, a drop in the bucket down the left 
sideline. Nico, Nico Collins. We have his picture right there. Nico Collins, who ended up catching the touchdown pass. Nico couldn't hold on to it, but that had nothing to do with CJ. Uh, the next play. Great throw. Great throw. Next play, he he um, got out of the pocket when he was under pressure, rolled to his left, and found Robert Woods on the sidelines. And a tough catch. Would you like to see Robert Woods catch it to convert the third down? He couldn't hold on to it. That has nothing to do with CJ. He came back with probably the easiest throw of his life, that touchdown to Nico Collins, but whatever. It counts. It was a touchdown. Got his first touchdown of the preseason. And I think you have to be excited if you're the Texans and D'Amico Ryans, who named him the starter immediately after the game. But much like Bryce Young, it's going to come down to the offensive line. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they'll have the tackle. They have two pretty good tackles in Howard and Tunsil. So, um, but yeah, he has definitely improved from week one to where he's at right now. You can tell he's been getting a lot of the first team reps, getting more and more comfortable with the offense. I also think the offensive coordinators get to learn these guys and what they like and what they can and can't do. So there's some experimenting going on during these preseason games to see what works and doesn't work with these young quarterbacks. And they'll really hone in now uh, as they get ready for week one and the game planning and, and what they'll ask these guys to do. A couple things. So if you're watching on YouTube, you see Nico Collins there. He caught the touchdown, but um, to uh, CJ's left or right, excuse me, is Michael Dieter who played left guard. And I bring him up because Kenyon green was their first round pick in 2022. And he had struggled according to some reports, and he struggled against our guy, your guy, Brian Brzee, on, on one particular play that made its way around the internets on a little spin move. And so what are you thinking if you use a first-round pick on a second-year interior offensive lineman who's not quite where he needs to be? You're not giving up on him, but you're also wary of putting your quarterback in harm's way. So are you rolling with the the guy with a few more years' experience, even if he's not quite the player? What are you doing? You have to put the best five out there and, you know, Offensive linemen are the ones that take the longest to adapt. And you know, I believe Green was played a lot of tackle in college, if I recall. So yep. moving inside the guard takes some time and adjustment. So I wouldn't give up on him yet. But you just got to put your best five out there. So, And then I listened to Adam Thielen during the broadcast when I was watching it. And they asked if he was giving the uh, ball to Bryce Young after his first touchdown throw. And Adam Thielen said, doesn't count. It's preseason. When we get one in the first game that he'll get the, he'll get that ball. So Adam Thielen is basically Rick Spielman <laughs> a few decades ago. He's, he's, he's pretty roll the ball out there. Adam Thielen's going to play. It just won't count depending on, on the time of the year. Fair enough. Um, Dalton Schultz is a new tight end there. He feels like he's going to be pretty important, but I would imagine Damian Pierce can be even more important to CJ Stroud having success. Yeah, I think all these young running backs need a pretty good uh, – or all these quarterbacks need a running back to take some of the pressure off of them so you don't have to throw the ball 30, 40 times a game with these young guys. And if you can establish the run game, it's sure going to help uh, play action and, and uh, the passing game and get a lot more open opportunities uh, because if you're establishing the run game, those linebackers are going to start biting up start playing the play action, and that opens up uh, a few more throwing lanes for the young quarterbacks. Uh, well, there's a nice little segue to our guy, Anthony Richardson, who may or may not have Jonathan Taylor. We're recording this Tuesday morning. Tuesday by 4 p.m., we'll know Jonathan Taylor's fate in terms of whether he's getting traded or not, because after that, uh, if he doesn't get traded, he's he's stuck, quote-unquote, in Indianapolis, and they have to sort some things out. Anthony Richardson is probably if Jonathan Taylor returns, is the second best running back on this team, and it may not, it may be pretty close. But again, he would 
certainly benefit from someone like Jonathan Taylor back there. But again, another player, he didn't play second week of the preseason. Shane Steichen, the first-year head coach, said that the joint practices that week were, were more than enough and thought benefited Anthony Richardson more. He did play the final preseason game, and he only went 6-17 against the Eagles, against Debo's Eagles, but a lot of those were drops. I'd, I'd like to see Alec Pierce do a little more as a second-year wide receiver. I'd like to see Josh Downs do a little more as a rookie wide receiver when he gets his opportunities. But I feel pretty good about how Shane Steichen understands he needs to use an inexperienced Anthony Richardson. And unlike Bryce, uh, you can get Anthony Richardson running these RPOs and get him out on the perimeter, and he's just going to run over safeties. Now, you don't want him doing that 15 times a game, but uh, you know you hand-select the times you want it to happen and get the, the matchup you like, and he can either – truck a guy or outrun him to the to the out of bounds he is uh the most entertaining guy to watch and why i say that it's uh reminds me of the first time i was on a sideline in a preseason game and joe webb was getting ready to go into the game and (laughs) joe webb looked at me i said i said joe you ready to go he goes I don't know what's going to happen, but some <laughs> S's, some crap is going to happen when I get out there. Maybe good, maybe bad, but something's happening. So, but it was, he's very entertaining to watch. I mean, some of the throws he made a throw on a corner route or a seven route that was, you know, right on target, uh, a drop that he's, you know, uh, showed his arm talent between the uh, safety and the nickel that were dropping back and the, the receiver uh, dropped the ball. And then there's some throws that are like, wow, where the hell did that go? Uh, so you're you're on a roller coaster ride when you watch the <laughs> kid, and that's why I think he's out of all the quarterbacks, he seems to be the most entertaining because you don't know what's around the corner or what's going to happen next. Right, and it, it feels like I think he's going to be really good, and like you said, he he's incredibly exciting. But it feels like a long shot to say they they're going to makes a noise in that division, especially with Trevor and, and Doug Peterson down and, and Jacksonville going into year two together. Um, I, I think like we're probably a year or two away and much like Jalen in his first year, when he first, when he finally got to play, the expectations have to be tempered a little bit. The difference is Jalen had 42 starts in college and Anthony only has 13, but I don't think it's a stretch to say that Anthony's a better athlete than Jalen. No, Anthony is a better athlete than Jalen. I'll yeah. say it. You don't have to stretch it because you like to play everything real tight, very down the middle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Richardson's a better athlete than Jalen Hurts and a more talented arm, just not as accurate of a thrower as of today than Jalen Hurts was. But Jalen Hurts also became a much better thrower the more time he got as a starter in Philadelphia. And last year, you know, that was a knock going on him. Can he uh, improve his accuracy as a thrower? And he answered that question, but it also helps when you have Smith and uh, A.J. Brown uh, throwing too. Yeah, so Goddard, again. Goddard turned out to be a really reliable tight end too for Philly. Right, so Michael Pittman has to step up. Alec Pierce, as I mentioned, has to play better. He didn't have a great preseason uh, there. I didn't sugarcoat that one. Jelani Woods is there. I think he's a second-year tight end out of Virginia who's a fantastic athlete and flash at times last year. So those guys who are – Pittman's proven, but the other guys who are unproven need to step up for sure. All right, Rick, we're going to take a quick break. But first, as a little tease, another pop quiz for you. Oh, awesome. I love pop quizzes. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll ask you the question. We'll take the break, and then you can give us your, your correct answer after the break. Can you name, since we're talking about all these quarterbacks going into their rookie seasons, can you name the quarterback who set the record for most yards thrown in their week one rookie debut? Think about it, Rick, and we'll tell you right after the break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, this I could not believe the answer to this one. Do you have a, do you have a guess? Yeah, but just so the people know that I have no time to look it up on Google search or whatever the hell that engine is that you're supposed yeah, see, to see you, you're telling on yourself you don't know how to use it anyway so you we know do you know the answer uh i'm going to take a guess yeah uh i'm going to say andrew luck that's a great guess you have a guess Debo? did you cheat already look on the google machine repeat the question can you name <laughs> the quarterback who set the record for most yards thrown in their week one rookie debut i would say cam newton Oh, Debo, one hundred percent looked. Did I did look not. I just remember a, a memorable the second one, be just because of Anthony Richardson, and everybody's thinking of Cam Newton when they watch him. Man, I cannot believe this. In twenty eleven, that was Cam's rookie year. That was coming off the um, it wasn't the strike, whatever you call it, the hold the holdout. What was that called? It wasn't called the strike when you when you guys can agree on the CBA. So he didn't take lockout. part the lockout. Thank you. He didn't take part in any offseason workouts. Showed up in week one and went twenty four for thirty seven for four hundred twenty two yards. And they lost to the Cardinals. The next week, he threw for 432 yards, and they lost to the Packers. But that's impressive. That's, yeah, very impressive. Very good trivia. There you go. All right. So, speaking of quarterbacks, speaking of the Cardinals, man, and we talked briefly about this yesterday, Rick. Cardinals cut Colt McCoy. They have Clayton Toon and just traded for Josh Dobbs. And I'll ask you what Pete Prisco put out there on, on the Twitter machine on Monday. Are the Cardinals tanking? <laughs> <laughs> is that a question? I, I'm laughing because I know that you hate that question so much. <laughs> what are they doing then? Let me put it. Let me put the question to you that way because Kyler is on PUP, so he can't come back until October 4th, I believe. The first after the first month of the first four games, you're going with a rookie in Clayton Tune, who has had a pretty good preseason, but again, he's a rookie. And then Josh know. Dobbs. Did they name the starter yet? They haven't named the starter yet. I think uh, Glenn and uh, uh, Gannon, excuse me, said that he didn't want to give out any hints to the opposition before. No, and the only reason I say Josh Dobbs may have an opportunity to be the starter is because he was with Drew Petzing, who was a quarterbacks coach in Cleveland, the youngest and, offensive coordinator currently in the NFL, by the way. Yeah, because I know Jonathan Gannon, Drew Petzing. And Nick Rollis, who's a defensive coordinator, all were quality control guys when I was in Minnesota. So I know those guys very well. So I could see Josh Dobbs coming in and starting week one if he can get caught up because he already knows the system that they're right. running. What is the thinking about cutting a veteran like Colt McCoy who could hold the fort down for a month? Probably um, I would say that they are 
I, uh, I don't want, if Pete says that he's asking a question, they, they are tanking. <laughs> I think they uh, were very excited after they saw Caleb Williams tease coming down, throw <laughs> touchdown passes in the opener. Not that I don't know if they would take him or not, but if the opportunity present himself, I'm sure that would be an option for them with the first overall pick. So that's why they got rid of Colt McCoy. I just think that they are starting from, you know, like when you build a house. Yeah. Okay. Are you remodeling or are you just tearing it down to the studs and coming? Well, they're taking the studs away too. They're just starting with a whole new foundation. Gotcha. They're, they're pouring new concrete and everything. Pouring new concrete and everything else. Okay. Fair enough. Um, man, Debo coming with the, the trivia as well. I'll just tell you this. Cause if you, if you, if you knew the answer to this one, I would, uh, I would buy you a new wig. Clayton Toon could become the first quarterback drafted in the fifth round or later to start in week one since Randy Hedberg. You know Randy Hedberg? No, never heard of him. Eighth rounder for the 1977 Buccaneers. I think that was the, um, what was the coach's name that coached the Buccaneers? The, John McVay? I'm sorry, what? It? John McVay? No, the coach, the Bucks, like in the original Bucks, the old white-haired guy with the glasses, who was pretty funny. His name was uh, Max something. He said, uh, when they asked him, how was your team's execution? He said, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, he was the original bucks coach but anyway so um randy hedberg didn't know that all right let's talk quickly about a couple of these trades that happened uh prior to nfl cut down day so last week i asked you straight up what if another team calls you and you're john lynch and offers you a fourth round pick for trey lance what are you doing he said well let's just wait and see i'm not getting rid of getting rid of him just yet well the 49ers decided to move on and that is Look, man, I understand that you. there's a lot of uncertainty in the NFL. And it's it's good that they found Brock Purdy. And I just say all the time, look, just switch it in your mind. Put the Brock Purdy was the first-round pick and that Trey Lance was the seventh-round pick. That makes you feel better. And they have Sam Darnold as the backup. But what is the thinking on moving on from a guy who struggled to stay healthy going into year – what's it, year three or four? I can't remember. But um, he is – three. Year three, okay. What's yeah. the yeah. yeah, no, I think they just came to the conclusion that it was best to, and uh, the old saying, let's just pull the Band-Aid off, let's yeah. take the, uh, the pain now, uh, take what we can get, and then we're moving on. Because I don't know how big a distraction that would have been. I know Trey Lance is a great human being, high character guy, would have been a true professional, but I think by them making the move, they came to the conclusion that let's just move on. So it's not, I don't want to say it was going to be a distraction during the season, but it was a distraction because everybody's talking about Sam Darnold beating out Trey Lance. So speaking of distractions, does this now become a distraction for, for Dak Prescott? Should he? Throw well, that's a question. I think there's no, that Dak Prescott will be, uh, you know, the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, but he's also, due for a contract extension soon. And by having Trey Lance in the building, I know the Cowboys spent a lot of time on him before the draft. And does he have uh, the potential to be a replacement for Dak Prescott if they can't get a deal done? So I think it's added pressure on Dak Prescott this year to perform and to play at a high level. If not, they may be starting a new uh, regime and a new quarterback with Trey Lance. Yeah, I'm looking. There's a potential out in 2024 uh, on Dak's deal. Oh, boy, I don't know, man. Dead cap hit $61.9 in 2024. That doesn't sound like a potential out. No, 
that's a lot of money. For <laughs> All right. Well, they, they got to sort that out, but they have Trey Lance there. And I'm sure if Dak struggles, those are going to be talking points because uh, a lot of people like the Cowboys around the country and a lot of people like Dax and some people aren't happy with him. But that's the nature of being an NFL quarterback. I want to say Dak may have a knack for being an offensive coordinator because he called a heck of a game uh, calling plays in that third preseason game. Uh, if you didn't know that, he was the offensive I did not. For that game, yes, and did a great job. Went for it on a couple of times. Uh, you know, he did a uh, – it was pretty cool to see him calling the plays uh, in that final preseason game. I was watching in the background. I saw him high-fiving people after a touchdown in, like, in the fourth quarter. I was like, why does he care about that? But that's why. He had the headset on, too, so that makes sense. Okay. All right. Speaking of an NFC East team not in Dallas – but that has a chance to, to make some noise this year. New York Giants traded for Isaiah Simmons. Another example of a young, fantastic athlete who just wasn't the right fit in Arizona. Um, God, let me I, I let me look real quick. Who was a defensive coordinator? That's It's the guy who's a defensive coordinator right now in, in Denver. Oh, Vance Joseph. Yeah, Vance Joseph. So Vance Joseph was in Arizona when Isaiah Simmons got there. And he admitted that they were trying to find a place for him, and he never quite did. And I mentioned Vance Joseph because he has Drew Sanders in Denver, and they're trying to make sure they have a right fit for him. He had a nice interception the other day, by the way, in week three. Uh, Drew Sanders is playing pretty good for him in a preseason. He is, absolutely. But Isaiah Simmons is now in New York. He's now with Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator there. And and you feel like – and he actually played in the week three preseason game. And on the broadcast, um, Wink asked him, what do you like to do? And he says, I like to rush the passer. So they had him lined up like nine technique, just getting after it. So what, how do you use that athlete properly? Number one. And number two, why didn't it work out in Arizona? Uh, there's probably numerous reasons why it didn't work out, whether they couldn't find a position for him. He's a phenomenal athlete, but is he a good football player? Because there are less athletes that may be good football players and there's some great athletes that aren't just great football players or whether it was an instinctual thing, whether them trying to find a home form because he played all over the defense, except nose tackle. So, <laughs> um, I think that how that process works is that probably, uh, Joe shine and, uh, wink Martindale and, and, uh, coach, uh, Dabo, uh, Dabo, uh, also watched the tape on him. And Wink said, because Wink's a creative defensive coordinator and he knows how to utilize uh, athletes in his defense, and it's a pretty complicated defense, but he probably said, and I would ask him this, if we make this trade, even though you see a lot of these trades going down for just, as I referred to them as nickels, you know, seventh round picks or flopping late round picks, uh, they're going to have a specific role that they see on the Giants defense and what he will be able to do to help them. Uh, they'll probably define that role. The more he's there and the more he's in at practice, the easiest thing for him to come in and do right away is to rush the passer. You don't yeah. have to think, but as they start to create game plans and maybe they're using him as a blitzer, maybe they're using him in this capacity or that capacity They'll try to define a role, but they felt, and I thought it was a great move by the Giants to go and get such a great athlete and to put him with Wink Martindale and let Wink Martindale figure out the best way to use him. Yeah, so, I mean, you talk about athletes on that front seven, if you want to call it. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Aziz Ojolari, and, of course, Kayvon Thibodeau's there. Bobby Okereke is a linebacker now. Our guy Deontay Banks is going to be starting a cornerback 
at one. Let's talk about this quickly, too. So one cornerback is Deontay Banks. The other cornerback is, is Trey Hawkins, also a rookie, a day three guy out of Old Dominion. That's a lot of pressure because everything can go right with the other nine guys on defense. But you get two guys playing arguably the most important position on defense. They have to be on point each and every snap, right? Yeah, and they're going to probably play him a lot of man coverage. At least it looked like it in the preseason and some of the stuff that I saw um, where they don't have to think. Just, hey, you got cat coverage. Cover that cat. <laughs> and then they're going to create a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And when you can create pressure on the quarterback, the quarterback has to get the ball out quicker. He just can't sit in that pocket and uh, take his time going through his progressions. The more pressure you can get on a quarterback, the better the back end is on your defense. All right. Uh, Debo, cover your ears. Let me ask you this because I actually feel I'm sort of torn. Can the Giants win this division? I don't know. They've closed the gap on Philly, but until someone knocks off the king, uh, I've got to see it. Yeah, oh boy. Debo got to you. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All I'm right, sure. finally. Check in the mail. mail. Checks <laughs> in the mail. There you go. So we're going to talk about, if not today, next week, Patrick Paul, the offensive tackle out of Houston, who we talked about during the summer scouting series. All those position summer scouting breakdowns are in the old podcast feed. But a former Houston offensive tackle, Josh Jones, third-round pick of the Arizona Cardinals, also traded. He was traded to the Texans, who we just talked about. And that makes some sense on a number of levels. What's the thinking there when you move on from your offensive line ain't exactly setting the world on fire in Arizona. And you talked about Bill, is that part of the tearing it down to the studs philosophy? Yeah. Well, I think a little bit, but that was an, a chance to move a player because they do have some pretty good tackles. They were tied into DJ Humphreys. Um, they have uh, Beecham, uh, and they also drafted Paris Johnson Jr., who's probably going to start at right tackle for them. Yeah. So they have enough supply. Of, so it's an opportunity to move a guy. Uh, and then if you look in Houston's situation, they're not tearing it down for the studs. I think they're going in and trying to, to win as many games as they can, especially in the AFC South, although Jacksonville, you know, is the uh, the leader in the clubhouse right now as we head into week one. Uh, but they have Tunsil and they have Titus Howard, but I don't think they have a legit backup swing tackle. So if Howard and Titus is banged up for the first few weeks. Correct. So by them making this trade to go out and get a Jones, who was a uh, talented athlete coming out, yep. um, that it gives them some security as a backup swing tackle to what they had on the roster. By the way, Debo makes note that uh, when we came out of the break, I mentioned like those Cam Newton 400-yard back-to-back games. Those were the only two 400-yard games of Cam's career. <laughs> and uh, Debo also notes, if you want to put a dollar down, Rick, Giants are plus 850. Eight and a half to one to win the division. Yeah, I don't understand that. So okay. if I put one dollar down, I win eight dollars and fifty cents. Or yeah, okay. How's that? Lose, I lose my dollar. No, you get Eagles dollar, minus right? one twenty five, Cowboys plus one sixty five. I don't know about this Cowboys talk. I I like the Giants better than the Cowboys. Who finished the second in the division, Rick? Uh, I'm going to say the Giants. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's worst case. Come on, Daniel Dimes. All right, look. We have some college football over the weekend, and when we come back, Rick's going to tell us if Notre Dame quarterback Sam Hartman has a chance to work his way into the day two conversation right after this. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. All right, Rick, it's time for a little segment we like to call Pop or Drop. We'll be hitting this segment weekly throughout the college football season. And this is the week zero version. We're going to talk about two quarterbacks. There's only a handful of games. Caleb Williams, USC, played San Jose State. Unfortunately, Caleb Williams does not play defense because the USC defense is going to be the biggest question facing that team. And then we'll talk about Sam Hartman in a second. Uh, they went over to Dublin, Ireland to face Navy. And um, shout out to Navy and all the people in the armed forces and the naval and, and the military academies, but Navy's football team was no match for Notre Dame. No, there was just a mismatch from an athletic standpoint. So, uh, but if Notre Dame, since they're independent actually played in the, what is it? The Admiral, they would win the Admiral's cup this year if they had to play Navy army and air force. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. All right, let's start with Caleb Williams. You talked about him, of course, over the summer in the summer scouting series on quarterbacks. He was our quarterback one. Then uh, he's our quarterback one. Now, you asked me how did he look when we talked last night. I said you're going to really appreciate. Pop, pop. pop. he's a pop. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're having flashbacks to when you're in the war. <laughs> so, uh, was your my favorite play was the one that everyone liked the the, the bobbled snap 50 yard touchdown. I mean, look, no, I shouldn't have dropped the snap. Looked like he took his eyes off. That was a good snap. So yeah. I gave him a negative for dropping the snap, and then a plus plus for making the play after he dropped the snap. So he gets a negative for dropping the snap. What does the cornerback get for the the way he decided not to let to cover the wide receiver who was running wide ass open down the sideline? Yeah, I didn't even notice him. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a bad thing. <laughs> but is there I had very I mean, look, San Jose's put up a good fight in terms of keeping uh being able to score some points on offense. But I thought Caleb Williams looked like Caleb Williams, and I had very few concerns with how he looked. Yeah, no, he was uh Everything that you saw last year carried over to this year. Um, you know, the arm talent, the mobility, uh, the ability to make off-schedule throws, the accuracy, uh, everything that you saw last year, I think uh, he picked up where he left off. So it'll be interesting to see once they get into the Pac-12 competition and some of this other competition, if it'll continue. But I have no doubt that uh, what we saw, uh, fingers painted or not, that he will be the uh, number one overall pick. Yeah, I can't tell if he has his finger painted in the photograph you're looking at there, but yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, he could play in uh, mittens if he wanted to, if he continues to play the way he's played. Uh, Debo's going to look in there. Looks like he did not paint his fingernails, at least his throwing hand. I say he did. Okay. Yeah, they, he did. Oh, he did. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's a little tough to see, but I'm going to agree those with are, you. Oh, those you are go. painted. They're painted and they, they worked. And look, I don't want to beat on Will Levis, but the thing with Caleb Williams is you don't have to look for the good plays. They just sort of hit you in the face because he he's pretty consistent. Now you can say he doesn't he doesn't play on time all the time, and that that's a, a whatever fair complaint. But he's so elusive in the pocket, he finds ways to win. He's faster than I think he may first appear. Like he he can get to the edge and outrun some guys down the field. We saw that last year uh, before he hurt his hamstring in, in that late season game. 
so yeah, no, no concerns with the way he played in, in, in week zero, if you want to call it that. And he still remains number one on both our boards, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. So Sam Hartman, and I'll just preface this by saying he's 24. And we talked the last few weeks about how all these quarterback rookie quarterbacks were balling out in the preseason. A lot of them have had a ton of college experience, COVID year or coming back or whatever. And you get the sense that's Sam Hartman's situation. Played at Wake Forest, and I was sort of curious to see how he played in a regular quote-unquote offense because Wake Forest plays in that slow mesh offense. That's sort of weird. Kenneth Walker uh, was his running back uh, at one point before he left for Michigan State, and we saw how he played in a more conventional offense. And against Navy, there are a lot of guys. Uh, Navy played zone early on, and there are a lot of guys running open, and he hit those guys, usually on time. And then for some reason in the second quarter, after I think uh, Notre Dame went up a couple scores, that a couple series Navy played cover zero, and he just beat them while they were playing cover zero, usually on deep balls. I thought he stood in the pocket and took hits uh, when when those things happened. Joe Alt, the left tackle, looked like he was trying to block me on 50 plays. It, it was pretty easy afternoon for him. Did we learn anything from Sam Hartman in this game, or do you want to see a little more? Yeah, no, you're going to have to see more, but pop. Pop, he pop. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this, because um, sometimes it's easier to tell in person. Oftentimes it is. Do we have questions about his arm strength? Uh, this is what I'll say, just watching the tape on him, that you saw a little bit more of a pro-style office offense than you saw at Wake Forest. Uh, I thought that he did a good job getting through some progressions. I thought the ball come out quick. He is what we labeled some of these other guys – uh, Aiden O'Connell to me, oh. uh, as far as like an anticipatory thrower that he gets the ball out on time. A lot of times when you put it in slow motion, the ball's out of his hands before the receiver makes a break. He had very good timing with his receivers. I don't know how strong his arm is going to be down the field on some deep balls. He has to get the ball out early about 25, 30, 35 yards down the field and let the receiver run underneath it. He's not going to be Caleb Williams and throw 50 yards down the field off his back foot. Uh, so he reminded me a little bit of Aiden O'Connell, just watching him operate in this offense with the accuracy, the anticipatory throws, the ability to get through his progressions. And I understand it's Navy and Notre Dame will have a lot tougher competition coming up. But for his first outing at Notre Dame in a pro style office, I was offense. I was very, very impressed. Yeah, no, I agree. I, and it's hard to tell on tape sometimes whether guys have, have rocket arms or not. And um, the weather was also an issue. Looping like this on the tape, that's not a rocket arm. You can, I, yeah. I, okay, well, let me ask you this question. Just, I know you're a, a, a huge observer of talent, but <laughs> when you watch Anthony Richardson in a preseason throw, come on, stop and it. you see the ball come off of his hand at 90 miles an hour, even yeah. though it's tape. And you watch Sam Hartman throw, and the ball has a little arc on it, and it's timing. There is a difference in velocity in the two when the ball comes out of their hand. Yeah, Not but here, here's hand, the thing. So I wouldn't know, but that was my that was my observation just watching tape. I don't need to go see that live. I can tell it right off the bat. I don't think anyone disputes that Anthony Richardson has a better arm than Sam Hartman. My I question is, is, like, I don't know. Has he got as strong as arm as Anthony Richardson or not? I don't know. You know how I know Anthony Richardson has a better arm? Because when you watch him on tape, there's smoke behind the football. <laughs> Sam Hartman doesn't have smoke, so I know that for certain. Um, does he have a better arm than Aiden O'Connell? I don't know if he does. That's what I'm asking. That, that's that's why I said Aiden O'Connell, because I yeah. thought it was very similar uh, arm talent. 
So, um, good comparison. Would you say, did you like that? I mean, we haven't even got to comparisons yet. I was going to do, you want to hear my comp? You're going to hate it. Oh, I thought about it. I think he's a little thicker, not much thicker, but a little thicker Ian book. Oh my God. He's not near the athlete that Ian book is. No, he's not near the athlete, but he can move a little bit. I don't think he you ran know, much. Dollar in a jar. Can you put that up on the, uh, so people can decide whether Sam Hartman is more Aiden O'Connell or Ian book. Ish. Ish. Bookish. Yeah, I didn't feel great about it. I hesitated to tell you, but I told you. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> um, Here's our, yeah, it, our new jar, by the way. I, I sent this to you guys. Yeah, where'd you see that? <laughs> this was in Colorado Springs this weekend. Oh. A little, little coffee shop that felt oh. like Ryan Wilson belonged there. I know, right? Wait a second. Um, are you back out west, or you, did you come back east? I'm in Florida. Oh, geez. Oh, you went there for weddings? That would happen? Nice, nice wedding weekend in Southern Colorado. Man, Debo's living his best life. I've never been to Colorado. Was it nice? My next life, I'd like to come back and beat Debo. That would be a, a great life. Then you have to work with yourself on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you want You want more Rick in your life. That's what you want. All right. So um, the question I asked going into the break, is Sam Hartman a day two guy now? And if not, can he be? I think he's not a day two guy as of right now. I think you, when you're throwing him in there with the uh, Stetson Bennett's of the world, the Aiden O'Connell's of the world, even the Jake Hayner's of the world, the Clayton Toons, they all went on Saturday. Yeah, so that's that's where I'm sticking right now with him. No, I feel I feel that's right. And by the way, I should know we talked up I, me specifically talked up um, Stetson Bennett after week one of the preseason. He's hit a rough patch. Not so fast there, my fine feathered friend. <laughs> I know. I didn't listen to you. I was so excited, and then my man. Drove the RV right off the edge of the Grand Canyon. So that's all we got. You got to do some HQ and then you got to take a little trip there. So uh, we'll get out of here. And uh, by the way, if you like what we do here, take a quick second, give us a little thumbs up on the YouTube. And if you love what we do here, take it a step further and subscribe. Give us a five-star rating, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps let people know about the show. All right, Rick, that's it. That's wrapping episode 75. Shout out to Joe Green, Howie Long, Forrest Gregg. Deacon Jones, and everyone else who wore 75. Thanks, as always, to my guy Rick. Thanks to Debo for producing, and thanks to all of you who watched, listened, and comment. We'll be back on Thursday to talk about NFL Cutdown Day reactions and my Top 50 Big Board, which Rick will only speak in glowing terms about. All right, guys, see you then. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.